All right. Well, we're going to we're going to go back to the book of Psalms today. Going back to the book of Psalms today. And um been in the midst of a series of lessons that I have felt was vitally important for the church in this hour and I really felt it yesterday I felt it so strong to come back today and deal with it again hopefully we're going to finish this up today and those who have not been a part of the previous lessons, um, it's, it's not, the things that I'm going to cover today, we're moving into some new territory and all of this, so, so you're not really going to uh, find yourself lost in the midst of this. Um, but I, I just feel like this is crucial to us where we are not just us I've stressed it both times that I've taught on this subject this is a battle that's going on within the church as a whole and not just not just one assembly not just one locale there is a war that's raging and I'm convinced even what we're seeing in the streets of America today are the symptoms of a spiritual war that's raging. There's a spiritual war raging. And, and I know folks are blaming it on certain things and claiming certain reasons. And, but I'm just telling you there's something much deeper something much much deeper and i'm just i'm just going to say it this morning but it's deeper than skin color it's deeper than injustice it's a spiritual battle that we're in and and this this is this is a spirit of lawlessness that is raging not just in this country but around the world right now and I'm telling you that that and, and, and I know you're standing bear with me for just a moment but look out there out there outside of the church there's no restraint those spirits can go unhindered, unfiltered. They can do what they want. But understand, that's not their goal. Spirits are not content to be among their own. The desire of the wicked, evil forces of hell are to make their way into the church of the living God. They want to destroy us. But what they're doing is they are building their strength. 
I feel what I'm saying right now. They're building their strength as they are Oh, God help me. I'm going to get myself in trouble. But they are building their strength as they are gathering their numbers together. And the larger their numbers become, the more people within the church start seeing it and and start thinking that they might need to be involved in all of this as well. And they fail to see what's really at the root of it all. And I'm not, I'm not saying there hasn't been some, there, there hasn't been some injustice. I'm not saying that there hasn't been some things that have been done wrong. I'm just saying what we're watching now is not because of that. It's because of an enemy that wants to destroy the church. And if you join forces with what's going on out there, for whatever reason, you're joining forces with the wrong side. This is not the time. It's a distraction to make us sympathetic. Because once we become sympathetic to the spirits of hell, we have opened our heart and our mind. Oh, I feel this so strong this morning. I'm telling you, once that door's open, they start twisting every thought we have. They start start skewing every perspective that we hold. And then, and then we start seeing injustice within the church and then we start seeing hatred within the church and then we start seeing problems and division within the church and then and and then and then we turn on one another and that's what they're hoping will happen oh i hope somebody hears me today i'm telling you this is where we're at And somehow, as the church of the living God, we got to understand, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Oh God, I am going to get myself in serious trouble today. This is what happens when I get to feeling like I'm feeling. But you hear me? I am not at all condoning what was done to George Floyd. But you hear me today? That's not our battle. Pray, pray for whatever was in the heart of the man that did what he did. But that's not our battle. If we get in that battle, we're fighting flesh and blood. I'm not defending what was done. I'm not saying it was right. Are you understanding me? I don't agree with what happened. I'm just telling you that's not the battle of the church. We've got spirits to fight. We've got souls to win. And if we get distracted with all of that, we're not going to be doing what God called us to do. And I only use that name because that's what, that's what initiated 
most of what's going on right now. And we could go on down through the list. And the media. And that's, that's an interesting name. It really is. It's an interesting name. You know, media is a plural word. I, I'm, I know you're standing. I'm going to read. Um, but media is a plural word. Do you know what the you know what the singular form of that word is? Medium. Media is, is when you have many. But one is a medium. That's an interesting term because that's the same term the Bible uses for a woman who was going around reporting things about the apostles. She was a medium and had there been more than one then we could have said the media was reporting. And I'm telling you, that same spirit that's driving this division has found a headquarters in today's media. And they are twisting things and they're distorting things. And if you believe what's being reported, you're going to fall prey. Because this, that's what part of these lessons have been about is, is, is you've got to protect your mind against the lies of the devil. He's using these lies. Well, this is, not, this is not a political statement. It's not. And some people probably have shut me off already. Um, if people listen online, they probably have shut me off at this point. Not everybody that's listening online. Some. And, and some who will listen to it after it's been recorded will probably not get any further than this because they disagree. But I challenge them to prove me wrong. I'm not saying that there's not problems. I'm not saying there's not injustice. I'm not saying there's not some inequality. I'm not saying there's not racism. I'm not saying that those things don't exist. I'm just saying that's not our battle as the church because those are flesh and blood issues. And as the church, we've got spiritual battles to fight. And those are the battles we need to be involved in. All right, all right. So I've made some enemies. But I'm not the first apostolic preacher to ever do that. Speaking of Paul, hallelujah. Paul generally either started a church or ended up in jail. Or got um, attacked, stoned, run out of town. You know, I mean, starting a church was one of the um, uh, few things that happened when he went into a place. He had a lot of other responses that weren't nearly so positive. Um, but anyhow, Psalm 18, you're still standing and you're waiting on me. Psalm 18, verse 34, and I'm not going to finish if I don't hurry up and get with the program. It, Psalm 18, verse 34. Psalm 18, verse 34. 
The psalmist said, he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. He teacheth my hands to war. And then Psalm 144, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 144, verses 1 and 2. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me. And so we are continuing on today with part three of this study that I have entitled Learning to Make War. Learning to Make War. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you ask for God to help me today and that he would help you today? I, I need him to touch minds and hearts today. Uh, I don't want to be misunderstood. I, I want to deliver the mind of God today and I need the hearers to have that same mind as I deliver this. Let's pray together right now. Lord Jesus, I come before you, God, surrendering myself to you. I ask you, oh God, today that you would help me. Use me. God of heaven, I pray, oh Lord, God, that you would somehow anoint these lips, that you God would anoint my spirit, that you would anoint my mind. God, that you'd help me to speak what you want me to speak. And I pray, God, that you would also anoint the minds and hearts of the hearers today, God, whether they be here in person, Lord, or whether they're listening online or they're hearing it after it's recorded. I'm asking you, God, that you would give them an open mind and an open heart to receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save our souls. Lord, we thank you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, I think I've done enough of an introduction um, and, and, and review already that we can just get into this. The one thing that I would add is just this, that, that, that when the psalmist made these comments that the Lord had taught his hands to war and his fingers to fight. The implication obviously was that, that uh, the Lord had given him the proper instruction on how to do it with success. It's one thing to be taught, but it's another thing to be taught properly. It's one thing to fight and it's yet another thing to fight to win. Amen. I brought out, and somebody else uh, dealt with it as well. I think Brother Chad mentioned it in, in the, the reading of Scripture uh, on a Sunday night. that the, the Apostle Paul talked about, I'm not fighting as one that beats the air. I'm not, I'm not doing this as a shadow boxer, but this is a real fight, my friend. This, this is a genuine battle battle that we're in and and I'm going to tell you that the stakes are high the stakes are high and we cannot afford to lose this battle 
Amen. Praise God. Amen. I've, I've heard both sides of the political spectrum saying that we are in a battle for the soul of our country. Well, let me just tell you, I believe we're in a battle for the soul of the church. I believe we are in a battle for what's going to happen. Amen. Within our local assemblies, there will always be a church. There will always be a one God apostolic, holiness loving church of the living God. That's going to happen. Amen. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But whether or not uh, uh, an individual assembly remains uh, is going to be left up to us. Uh, and that decision is going to be determined on how well we fight a battle. And I believe this is the battle that's going to determine uh, amen for many, many churches across this country whether we're going to stand or whether we're going to fold. We We've got to make up our mind that we're going to learn how to fight until we win. Amen. I said it, I think, in one of the first lessons, but the unfortunate thing is Americans have been raised uh, to, to just expect battles to go on with no end. We've been raised uh, where where they go into these countries and they start bombing a little bit and, and then they just plant soldiers over there and leave them there forever and there's no outcome. There's no winning of anything and, and, and it's because they're afraid of collateral damage and they're afraid of this, that and the other. They, they're, they're worried but, but I'm going to tell you they'll never win a war until they just make up their mind that whatever it takes we're going to win. We cannot afford to lose and listen to me as long as it it just continues to drag out we're losing hallelujah amen we've left men in Iraq and Afghanistan for years and we're losing because we're still losing lives over there that's the truth as long as they just remain over there as quote unquote peacekeeping forces we're losing at some point, we got to end it. Amen. And that's what's got to happen. And I believe we are in a war right now. Amen. That is, that is much like uh, Harry Truman found himself in in World War II when he took over the presidency after the death of FDR, he said, we can't keep playing this game. We can't, we can't just keep dragging this thing out. Went over and dropped a couple of bombs, and, and the Japanese raised the white flag and said, okay, that's it. We're done. Uh, give us the papers. We're ready to sign. It's over. And I'm going to tell you what needs to happen to the church of the living God. We need to make up our mind. We're going to drop a few nuclear bombs on the enemy until he says, okay, we're moving down the road. We're going to find somebody else, but not here anymore. Come on, saints. We are too content. We have grown content that we're just going to have a few little skirmishes here and there. We're just going to fight a little bit here and there. But we're going to come back to church and just maintain status quo. But listen to me. The devil's not interested in status quo. We are in a war where he wants to win. And he will destroy everybody who's not willing to stand up and fight. We're in the last days. This is it. It's win or lose. There is no draw. Well, praise God. And so if we're going to do it, we got to do it right. 
We got to let God teach us how to make war. We got to learn from him. He's got a record. He's never lost. We got to learn from him. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. And I'll tell you what, I was going to read the entire passage. I won't do that for time's sake. We'll just, we're going to break this down. So if you would, get your Bible. Get your Bible. This is Sunday morning. It is Bible study time. I know I'm preaching a little bit here, but that's the way it goes. Uh, intermingling, a little bit of preaching, a little bit of teaching. Uh, and uh, I have to say that to give you a little hope. It's kind of like uh, I was in a place... I was in my home church several years ago, and uh, I made a statement. I said, you know, for me, the difference between preaching and teaching, you know, if I'm going to preach, I just basically will use a scripture or two and get my point across, do it forcefully, and I'm done. And uh, if I'm going to teach, I'm going to take some time and explain it. It's going to take me quite a bit longer to do it. And I had a cousin there, and he hollered, Preach! I got the point. In other words, I don't want you taking time. Just get it over with, all right? Let's go home. <laughs> I'm afraid that's the way some of you are getting to these days. <clears throat> I, I warned him. I warned him. I warned him. Yesterday, leadership. You're talking about something. Yeah, I think I think mercy has run out. <laughs> we were talking about something, and 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 and, um, and they said talking about doing something after service, and they said, well, if so and so preaches on Sunday night, well then, then you know there's there's it's still daylight out there. They said if so and so preaches, then there's still daylight. And I, I said when I get through preaching, it's still daylight. And Brother Goff said the next day. <laughs> you know, some people just can't take good preaching. That's, that's, that's. I'm not implying that's the case with him, but I'm just saying, you know. All right, let's move on. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to tell you, in this passage, now we know most of us are familiar with this passage, but I don't know if we really comprehend it, because as is the case with so many Bible passages, especially those with which we're familiar, we get to these passages, we just kind of gloss over them, we read over them, it's kind of like the songs that we've been singing since we were kids, we sing them, sing them, sing them, and never really stop and think about what's being said in many of those songs. I'll never forget one time years ago, a girl that had been raised in the church, and and we were singing, everybody will be happy over there. And we got, got to a line of that song that said, um, we will hear nobody praying. And I, I saw her turn to her sister and with this amazed look on her face. And she said, nobody praying? She'd been singing that all of her life and had never stopped to think about what was being said. And of course, that is one of the wonderful things about heaven. There's not going to be any praying We're not going to have to ask God to do things for us. We're not going to have burdens. We're not going to have problems. We're not going to have sicknesses. There's going to be a lot of praising going on. 
But she'd been singing all night, never thought about it. This is what happens sometimes. Some of these passages were heard, heard, heard. We don't really stop and think about it. So we're going to go and look at this. This deals with the armor of God, but there's so much in this that we're going to just break it down, look at it, get Ephesians chapter 6, open your Bible to it. We're going to break this down. I'm going to be going to some other scriptures, but make sure Ephesians 6 is marked or stay there when we go to these other scriptures because we're going to just keep coming back to Ephesians 6 until we're done with this. Ephesians 6 verse 10, here's the way that all of this starts out. Now remember, we're talking about learning how to make war. All right, is everybody with me? We're talking about learning how to successfully defeat our enemy. And the very first thing that the apostle tells us in all of this is found in verse 10. Here's what he says. Finally, my brethren. Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord. Be what? Strong. Be what? Be strong in the Lord. And in the power, and in of, the his power of his might. I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is not something to just be glossed over. The first thing we're going to have to do, we're, we're wasting our time to focus on the armor of God. We're wasting our time to focus on anything else until we first build up our spiritual man. Until we do something about our spiritual condition, we're going to have to be strong enough to handle what's going on. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, new recruits, new recruits into the armed forces are going to go through a period of boot camp. They're going to go through some physical training because they're going to have to be strong enough. They make them run for miles with backpacks that, that, that are weighted down. Far beyond what they're really probably going to have to carry. But they've got to build themselves up to get ready for battle. And I'm saying, we as saints of God, we want to just come in and, and let some preacher tickle us, uh, tickle our ears a little bit. And make us feel good. You're okay. I'm okay. Everything's okay. Just let me leave here smiling today. And yet here we are in war. And, and somehow we got to get to a place that we recognize. I got to prepare myself for what's going on around me. I've got to be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Now how does that happen? Well, Jude tells us. Jude, verse 20. And you can pick any chapter in Jude. It says the same thing in verse 20. That's the interesting thing about the book of Jude. Verse 20 is the same in every chapter in Jude. Look and see. It really is. Read. But ye beloved, but ye beloved, building up yourselves, building on up, your most holy, building faith. up yourselves on your most holy faith. Doing what? Praying in the Holy Praying Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You want to know how we're going to build ourselves up? Do you want to know how we're going to become strong? I'm going to tell you, it's going to take more than just saying grace over your lunch and now I lay me down to sleep before you go to bed at night. If you want to be strong in the Lord, you're going to have to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to learn how to develop a, a real prayer life. It's more than just giving God your wish list. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. But it's learning how to get into a spirit of prayer. Learning how, amen, to groan in the 
the spirit, uh, learning what intercession's all about, learning there are some times uh, you can't get it done in 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, sometimes uh, you can't get it done in an hour, but you gotta keep praying. I'm talking about building up yourselves uh, on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. If we're going to win this battle, church, we're going to have to be praying like never before. I appreciate the few amens I heard then. But I don't know that, that everybody is buying into what I'm saying right now. I want to make a statement, and I want you to hear me. In the midst of the war we're facing right now, if you just maintain the prayer life you've had to this point, you'll lose. Hear me. If all you do is pray like you've been praying until now, you'll lose. So you're going to have to make up your mind. I'm not going to lose. I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm going to pray a little harder. I'm going to have a little bit more determination. I'm going to put a little bit more passion into my prayer life. Do you want to be saved? Do you want to see the church thrive? Do you want to see revival break out? I'm telling you, it's not going to happen if we just maintain the status quo. The times demand our best. Now, we're not finished with this passage in Jude. And I know some of you turned there, or at least tried to find it. It's right before the book of Revelation. Surely you can find Revelation. It's the last book in, in the Bible. And Jude comes right before that, and some of you wanted to find out how in the world it could be that verse 20 is the same in every chapter. And lo and behold, there's only one chapter, so it's the same in every chapter, right? So now that you got that figured out, let's move on and read one more verse out of that, and that's verse 21. Let's see what else Jude says. We're talking about this is what he said. You got to build yourselves up. How are you going to do that? You're going to build yourselves up by praying in the Holy Ghost. But notice there's a comma here. There's not a period. The sentence goes on. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, it's interesting that if we're going to build ourselves up, amen, if we're going to be strong in the Lord, one of the things that has to be settled in our heart is the love of God. Oh, listen to me. The devil wants to bring division like never before, but we cannot allow it to happen. Oh, I feel like preaching today. I, I, I wish, I wish that I could preach until tomorrow. Amen. I feel like I could do it right about now. Don't worry, I'm not going to try. But I just feel like I could. I'm telling you, the devil wants to bring division. He wants brother against brother and sister against sister. He wants us to have things in our heart against one another. But by doing that, we're tearing ourselves down because we are members of the same body. And when we 
we have something against another member it's the same body we're devouring ourselves somehow we've got to get a fresh baptism of the love of God we've got to learn to love one another like never before and refuse to allow anything to get in our heart toward anybody else Amen. Amen. Doing this is going to help us when we're looking for mercy. As you see, when we lose our love, we lose mercy. You want to know why we're not merciful to somebody? It's because we don't love them. That's right. You have mercy on people you love. (laughs) You have mercy on people you love. You want to you bring the hammer down on people you don't love. I got to move on. Got to move on. We got to be praying like never before and we cannot allow the devil. We cannot allow the devil to do things that will take the love of God out of our hearts. Amen. Let's move on. You're still in Ephesians 6. Let's go on. Verses 11 and 12. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, now first of all, notice this. Put on the whole armor of God. We're going we're gonna to talk about that before I conclude this lesson, but I, I, just, I do want to point this out to you, that it's the whole armor. If we're going to be successful, it's the whole armor. It's not pick and choose. All right, we'll talk more about that. In a few minutes. And then he says. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness. In high places. Alright so. So the next thing, first of all, we got to be strong in the Lord. Then the next thing, we got to clothe ourselves in the armor which God has provided. And the reason for this is because it is not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. And if we don't avail ourselves of our spiritual armor, we will be destroyed. Did you hear me? I said it, I've said it, and said it throughout this series. You're not going to win this war through carnal means. You're not going to talk your way out of it. I can't counsel you out of it. We can't reason ourselves out of it. Hallelujah. You're going to have to be clothed with the armor that God gave you. You're going to have to prepare yourself for the battle that's coming because this is not a physical fight. It's a spiritual one. And we're fighting some pretty tough dudes. He said, principalities, powers, the rulers. I don't have time to get into it, but listen to me. From everything that I have read in the scripture, it does appear to me there is a hierarchy even among demonic spirits. There's a hierarchy. There there are levels of authority even within the demonic realm. And Paul said in this battle, 
we're wrestling against every level of evil that there is. At some point, now in some battles, in some battles, you're just, you know, you're just fighting the demonic peons, you know. Some battles, some battles, it's just some little imp that comes along to tempt you with something that you should be able to overcome. And yet, if you're weak, you fall prey to that. But there are times when all of the forces of hell will begin to array themselves against the kingdom of God. Specifically against God's people. And I believe that's where we find ourselves now. We're not just dealing with a few imps. I believe we are coming face to face with principalities. You know, you know, Daniel was told that, that an angel of God was trying to bring an answer to him. But he said, he said that, that the, the prince of Persia has fought against me for three weeks. There was a battle going on in the heavenlies between an angel and a demon. And it took three weeks. And there had to be heavenly reinforcements then. Are you following me? But this whole idea of, of this, this prince of Persia, and, and, and there, there's, there seems to be spiritual rulers over areas. I, I don't have time to get into all that, but I'm just telling you, we're not just fighting a few low-level devils. We're in a major battle, and we'd better prepare ourselves. Spiritual wickedness in high places. The rulers of the darkness. The rulers of the darkness of this world. We'd better prepare ourselves. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Verse 13. I've got to hurry. Verse 13. Wherefore take unto you take the unto whole, you the armor, whole of God, armor of God. Now look at this. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Done all to stand. Now, now I want you to note something about this particular verse. I found it interesting. Paul says that this will allow us to withstand and to stand. That's two separate things. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and, having done all, to stand. And we got to be able to do both. The word withstand means to resist or to oppose. So he says there are going to be attacks that come from the enemy. But thank God the armor of God allows us to withstand or oppose when the enemy comes against us. The armor God has given us is sufficient. For when the enemy comes against us, are you hearing me? Even in the midst, as bleak as I've painted the picture, I'm telling you, if we'll get the armor of God on, we don't have anything to worry about. If we will prepare ourselves and be strong in the Lord, we don't have to be afraid of what's coming. Because the armor of God will allow us to withstand whatever the devil throws at us. But not only can we withstand, 
we can also stand. And this word stand, one commentator said, actually means to overcome. The Greek word means to work out, to effect, to produce, and then to work up, to make an end of. I love this. To vanquish. The idea seems to be that they were to overcome or vanquish all their foes and thus to stand firm. So the whole language here is taken from war. And the idea is that every foe was to be subdued no matter how numerous or formidable they may be. Safety and triumph could be looked for only when every enemy was slain. Well, hallelujah, here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, not only is the armor of God sufficient for when the devil comes against us, but it's strong enough that we can destroy every enemy that comes our way. Not only can we keep from being destroyed, but we can go on the offense and we can vanquish every foe. That's what God has given to the church. Well, hallelujah. Amen. We've got to be able to oppose everything the devil does to us. Plus, to be able to overthrow the devil. Not just maintain our status, but defeat the enemy entirely. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on and having on the breastplate of righteousness. All right, so now stand therefore, heaven. Your loins girt with truth. This is actually, don't, don't, um, don't misunderstand this term, but, but he said, have your loins girt with truth. And that word is actually speaking of a, of a girdle. That's what the word means. But, but in Bible times, a girdle was not like what we think of today. It was actually more of a belt. But not just a belt. It was somewhat of a tool belt. All right? Are you with me? This belt was an important part of their uniform. In fact, most men wore it even in times of peace. It wasn't just a uniform during wartime because they wore these loose flowing robes and it would become necessary. I talked about this in another lesson some weeks ago, but it would become necessary to gird them up. We talked about it. And we talked about girding up the loins of your mind. They would have to gird up these robes when they traveled or they ran or they labored or they fought. And so this tool belt was the place where they would carry their sword. They would carry their writing instruments. They would carry their money. They would carry the things that were necessary for their journey. It was designed, now listen to this, it was designed in such a way that it would keep every part of their armor in its place and would gird the soldier on every side. Hallelujah. It became such an essential part 
because it kept everything else where it needed to be. Are you with me? This is what held it all together, Brother Goff. And he said, stand, stand, having your loins girt with truth. What is the thing, Brother Nelson, that's going to hold every weapon in place what's the thing that's going to keep our armor where it needs to be what is the thing that's going to enable us amen to have what we need when we need it where we need it it's truth amen it's truth that is our belt that is our girdle if you please that's what's going to hold us on every side Amen. And this is why we have to gird up our minds. We cannot believe lies. We keep going back to this. The devil wants to put lies in your mind against your brother, your sister. Lies in your mind against the church, against your pastor. He wants to put lies in your mind against your spouse. He wants to put lies in your mind against everybody. You know, we got to gird up the loins of our mind with truth because when we start losing that girdle of truth everything is shaken we go to reach for that sword and where is it where did it go to because when the truth is not held in place nothing is where it ought to be oh I feel this Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to know. I want to know where my shield is. I want to know where my sword is. I want to know, amen, where everything is. I want to be able to get to it. I want to be able to reach it when I need it. But I'm telling you, if the if, if that belt is not tight, if it's not where it needs to be, if I loosen that belt, then nothing is in place anymore. Nothing is secure anymore. Nothing is sure anymore. The only thing that's going to give me security is if I can gird it up. Look, look, if you've ever ridden horses, and it's been a long time since I have, and the horses are probably thankful. But I'm going to tell you this. You ever try to get on a horse, and you didn't cinch that, that uh, uh, saddle. You let, you let, that, you let that thing be a little loose, you'll find yourself riding sideways or beating your head on the ground or falling off, getting trampled. You had to cinch it up tight. And the horse, a lot of times, didn't like it being cinched as tight as you. But, but all it takes is that saddle slipping off one time. And you'll cinch it up tighter the next time. And that's the way it is with this belt of truth. You gotta cinch it up. You gotta pull it tight. I'm gonna make sure there's no lies that's gonna get into my mind and into my spirit. 
I refuse to accept any untruth about anybody and anything because the minute I do, that belt's coming loose. And when the belt of truth comes loose, nothing is secure anymore. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. Now this is interesting. The breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate, obviously, protects the most vulnerable area. You know, if, if, if those biblical warriors took an arrow to the arm, they could survive. They took one to the leg, they, they could survive. But Brother Chad, that arrow to the heart, that's serious business there. And so they may not have protection over every inch of their body, but I can promise you one thing's going to be covered. It's the chest and heart. And that piece that covered the chest and heart was called the breastplate. And I find it interesting that the breastplate in God's armor, the breastplate, the thing that protects our heart is righteousness. Well, hallelujah. Proverbs 4 and 23. I got, I've got to hurry. I'm, I'm already at 11.30. I'm going to do my best to get this, get this done as quickly as I can. Uh, Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. Everybody say, keep your heart. Listen, here's what he said. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it with all diligence. If you're going to protect anything, protect your heart. If you're going to protect anything, protect your heart. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Protect it with righteousness. And this word means integrity. It means virtue. It means purity of life. It means correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. I'm telling you, there's got to be that purity of heart that I preached about a few weeks ago. Something's got to happen down here where we say, God, I know I'm just human. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but let it be a mistake of the head and never a mistake of the heart. I want my heart to always be following after you. I want my heart to always seek after you. I want to love what you love and hate what you hate. Come on, somebody. We got to protect our hearts. Bible says love not the world and neither the things that are in the world because if any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him I hope everybody's listening to what I'm telling you now's not the time to get overly concerned about retirement plans, investments, 
finances. It's just not. That's the world system. And I'm not saying you can't make plans. I'm not saying that. I said don't get overly concerned. If you're spending more time on that than you are your Bible and prayer, you're overly concerned. You know, there's a good gauge. The Apostle John said, I pray that your soul, that you would be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. That's a pretty good gauge. Check your spiritual man. See if it's doing as well. See if you're as concerned about your spiritual man as you are your financial man. I don't want to get so wrapped up in the things of this world that my heart starts following it. It is interesting that Jesus is the one who said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Do you understand mammon was, was an ancient god of money? And he said, you can't serve God and money. It's impossible. It's impossible. You're going to cleave to one and hate the other. That's the way it's going to work. That's the way it's going to work. Protect your heart. Protect your heart. Be careful what you love. Be careful. Be careful what you love. Let's move on. Where are we? Verse 15. Read. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I found this so interesting, Brother Goff. Here we are talking about how we're going to defeat the devil. Here we are talking about how we're going to protect ourselves. The armor of God, what's involved. Here are the things we got to have. And right in the middle of it all, Brother Jared, here's what he said. He said, look, don't forget in the middle of this war, you need to be out there sharing this gospel with people who don't know it. You want to win this war? You're not going to win it by hunkering down and finding you a basement somewhere and hiding from the devil. You want to know the best thing you can do? Get your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Get out there and win somebody. Get out there and tell somebody they've got to repent of their sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues. You want to defeat the devil? Start spreading the gospel. You know, the best thing we can do to defeat the enemy's forces is increase the size of our own. Did anybody get that? We want to bring his army down? Let's make ours larger. Oh, I gotta gotta win. I'm so afraid I'm gonna look. No, no, no. Find a way to win somebody. I asked the other night, everybody, everybody, start sharing the podcast. I've seen several of you doing that. I appreciate it. If you haven't done it, if you haven't done it, share these podcasts, would you? Amen. We're, we're just going through the Godhead. I'm telling you, we can reach people, but it's, it's 20 to 30 minutes long. That's it. If people would just take a half hour out of their day and just listen a little bit at a time, just once a week, that's all we're asking, and, and just get them to commit once a week, 30 minutes, once a week. I'm telling you, by the time it's done, God can open their eyes, and we can start baptizing people in Jesus' name. You want to know what? This is a part of our... 
a part of our armor, church. This is a part of our armor. This is a part of what we got to do if we're going to win this war. It's not just about coming to church and praying our way through until we feel enough goosebumps that we can run the aisle. It's about getting out there and winning somebody else, bringing somebody else to church, praying somebody else through to the Holy Ghost, baptizing somebody else in Jesus' name. That's a part of our armor. Oh, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Uh, verse 16. Ephesians 6, 16. There's, there's other things in here I could say, but I'm going to try to move on. Ephesians 6, 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, don't, don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand what Paul's saying here. When he said above all, that doesn't mean most importantly. It's not really what he's saying. Though that's kind of what it sounds like when you read it here. But scholars, and, and I, I, I looked, I, I, I did everything I could to check it out to make sure scholars are not always as scholarly as they think. But I, I, I checked a number of resources, went through and looked at things and, 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 and compared even other translations and just did everything I knew to do to make sure of what was being said. And, 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 and sure enough, it seems that what Paul was really saying here when, when he said above all, what he's really saying is overall, um, as in covering everything else. In fact, the Amplified Bible says it this way, lift up over all the covering shield of faith. Let your faith be a covering for everything else that you are putting on. Now, the word faith here does not mean believing God for a miracle. This word means trusting God. And this is crucial. This is crucial, church. Here's what I believe Paul is telling us. That we are going to face some major battles. There are going to be some very serious fights in the spirit that are going to take place. Some are going to experience things they've never experienced. Going to go through some hardships they've never known. But here has got to be the covering principle, no matter what comes your way. The covering principle is this. I trust God. I trust God. This is what I tried to tell someone the other day. They said, said I'm, I'm afraid to even walk out my door anymore. I'm afraid, you know, that people are just going to be hunting me down. I'm afraid. I said, look, to, to say that means you don't believe the Bible. It means you don't trust in God. At some point, you've got to reach a place where you trust in God to take care of you. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, somebody. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. We've got to take this covering shield of I trust in God. I believe 
God. Amen. Listen to what Job said. Job 13 and 15. Though he slay me, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I trust him. Listen, and then he said this. But I will maintain maintain my own ways ways before before him. him. Here's what he said. I'm not going to change the way I live. I'm not going to question what's right just because of what I'm going through. I'm going to keep living the way I know to live. Whether God ever steps in and heals me, whether God ever steps in and fixes the problem, whether God ever provides for me financially, whether God ever resolves this situation all of that is irrelevant all I know is I trust him and I'm going to keep on doing what's right come on somebody that's got to be the covering principle in the midst of everything we go through we're just trusting in God we're just believing in God God is going to take care of his people All right, all right, all right. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get there. Verse 17. And take now, now wait, wait, wait. Let me let me back up. Let me back up. Verse 16. Give me 16 again, real quick, because I I I I'm above all or overall taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Isn't that interesting? No matter what the devil throws at you, if you'll just have If you'll have a covering trust in God, there's nothing the devil can do that will destroy you. If you'll just trust God. If you'll just trust God, you'll be all right. All right, now, verse 17. I'm trying. And take the helmet of salvation salvation. and the sword of the the Spirit, Spirit. which is the word of God. Yeah, so, so here's what he said. First of all, There's a helmet. There's a helmet. Amen. The helmet, of course, protects our heads. Right? The helmet protects our heads. Amen. The significance being the protection of our thoughts. And I have stressed to you over the last few lessons that that this is the arena of our enemy. I wish I had more time today. I don't. Amen. I'm just telling you. Amen. That the carnal mind. Write it down if you're taking notes. uh, Write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 13 through 16. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 13 to 16. I don't have time to read all of this. Amen. I'm just telling you. We've got to understand we need the mind of Christ. Uh, We can't think things through with a carnal mind we can't try to rationalize it uh, amen we need the helmet uh, of salvation to protect our thoughts uh, everything is going to have to be spiritually discerned amen we've got to be praying regularly to have uh, the mind of Christ uh, and then we need the sword of the spirit uh, listen saints of God this is not the time to be lagging in your Bible reading we need this book now like we've never needed it I'm telling you I've been amazed amen and and I'm not bragging I think most of you know this I'm on my third time through reading the Bible this year amen but I'm amazed even on this third time how many times I find something I didn't notice amen again things and, and it's specific to me for what we're going through right now how many times God just says something out of the pages of a scripture and I say dear God I, I mean it's exactly what I needed to hear at that moment now is not the time to neglect this book this is our sword this is our sword this is what is going to give us a tool of offense to bring the devil down 
All right, all right, all right. Verse 18, he goes back to this. Praying always Pray. oh, with all prayer. With all prayer. And supplication in the spirit. Yeah, uh, yeah, read. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. He talked about, he started out talking about being strong in, in the Lord, which can only be accomplished through prayer. And now he goes through all of this armor of God and he comes back and he said, now let's pray again. In fact, let's make sure we're praying with all prayer. I don't have time to go through what that means. I've taught it in previous lessons. Maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll come back and teach uh, those lessons on prayer again. But, but, but just know there are many types of prayer and we need to learn to pray in, uh, with all prayer and supplication and to do it in the Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so the apostle then moves from the armor to the way we actually put the armor to use, which involves two things. Number one, praying always. Uh, what did he say? Luke 18, verse 1, read. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men, that ought, men ought always, always to, pray to pray and, not to, and faint. not to faint. So number one, praying always. I'm going to say praying always. Amen. Then the second thing he said, he said, not just praying always, but he said, watching thereunto with all perseverance. Everyone say, watching with perseverance. Now that is to, to watch with persistence. The word persistent means especially in spite of opposition, obstacles, and discouragement. I'm going to tell you, here is what's got to happen. We got to be persistent in our watching, which is to say we got to watch unto prayer. This is an interesting way to say it. First Peter 4 and 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Yeah. Be therefore, Be therefore sober, sober and watch, watch unto, prayer. unto prayer. Amen. Watch unto prayer. Watch unto prayer. Amen. Watch unto prayer. The moment things don't feel quite right, pray. The moment things don't quite look right, pray. The moment, amen, that something just is, is a little bit amiss, pray. You got to watch. You got to watch and look for an opportunity. You got to watch and wait for an opportunity to pray. So we not only have to pray, we have to be watching when we're not praying and looking. All right, God, is there something else I need to be praying about and praying for right now? Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Watch unto prayer. Amen. Jesus repeatedly connected watching with prayer. We won't read all of these. Uh, Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray. Mark 13, 33, amen, watch and pray. Mark 14, 38, watch and pray. Luke 21, 36, watch ye therefore and pray always. Uh, amen. Watch, watch, watch and pray. If you're not praying, watch for the opportunity to pray. Some of us are looking for opportunities to feel depressed. Oh, I just know tomorrow's going to be terrible. I just know things are going to fall apart. I just know I'm going to lose my job. I just know. No, no, no. You need to be saying, I just know tomorrow's going to bring another opportunity for me to talk to God. I just know tomorrow's going to bring another chance for me to go before the throne. Amen. I just know I'm looking for that chance. I'm looking for that opportunity. I, I, instead of saying, I just know somebody's going to really give me a chewing out on the job tomorrow. Oh, no. I, I'm, I just know God's going to give me a chance to pray for somebody on the job tomorrow. I just know God is going to show me who it is that's really struggling, that's really going through things in their life. And I may have to take a good cussing to figure out who it is. But I'm looking for an opportunity to figure out who needs my prayer right now. And I'm watching for an opportunity to pray. Remember, it's not just withstanding. It's standing to overcome. 
And then verse 18. Praying always, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, all prayer of, the Spirit, and supplication of the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now this is why I wanted to come back and read this again. is because he said do it for all saints. Not just for ourselves. But looking for the opportunity to pray for our brothers and sisters. It's easy for us to condemn them. It's easy for us to turn up our nose and say, why didn't they come to church? Why weren't they here? It's easy. It's easy. It's easy for us to find fault. It really is. That's the easy part. But here is part of what we have to do if we're going to win this war. We've got to learn that we're looking for opportunities to pray for one another. In fact, when's the last time you just picked up the phone and called someone you don't normally call? Not, not just one of your friends. Or even just send a text. I know that's getting to be a more popular way than phone calls. But, but just even send a text and say, hey, you got anything I can pray about today for you? And they may say, you know, I do. I can't really talk about it. That's fine. You don't have to pray. Right? You don't, you don't have to know the details. Just say, hey, I just want you to know if, if there's something I can help you pray about, I'm here to help you. Well, hallelujah. For all saints. I want to say all saints. All right, I am closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. Musicians, come. Come, come, come. It's not even noon yet. I'll be waiting for your apology. Praise God. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Hallelujah. Wherefore take unto you I the whole armor of God. I said we come back to this, and I can't lie to you. I've got to tell you the truth. Ephesians 6 and 13. Wherefore take unto you what? The whole armor the of God. The whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. So you can withstand in that evil day. Now I want you to notice. If we're going to withstand, we have to take the whole armor. Everyone say whole armor. armor. Now, this this Greek word here is a compound term. It's made up of two words, and it means all, every, whole, and tools, utensils, implements, weapons. Whole armor is one Greek word but it's a combination of two all, every, whole tools, utensils, implements, weapons the idea is that it requires that it be the full or complete armor of God if all you have is part of the armor it's not sufficient to win you got to have all of it. All of it. If you're going to win. Now, in previous lessons, I brought to your attention some quotes from an ancient book called The Art of War. One of the things that I focused on was a list was identified as the five essentials for victory. Anybody remember me talking about that? The five essentials for victory. The last of these five essentials was this. 
He will win who has military capacity and is not interfered with by the sovereign. Now, I explained to you in the first lesson that the sovereign, that term means the ruler, the person who has the ultimate power and makes the ultimate decisions. And the author of this book was simply saying that if you've got a good commander over your army, there's two things that's got to happen if he's going to win the war. Number one, he's got to have the capacity. His, his soldiers have got to be well trained. He's got to have all the tools and armor that he needs. But secondly, he can't have somebody sitting on a throne that's going to be trying to second guess. Trying to stop him from doing what he knows as a military commander's right. Now for us, our sovereign is God. He's the highest sovereign. And I'm going to tell you, church, if we'll find his favor, we don't have to worry about God interfering or trying to hinder us. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if we'll find his favor. God will fight for us. He's the one that teaches us how to fight. See, the thing that this author was so worried about was many rulers didn't have military experience. They had political experience. And he was worried that you have some man that's got great, great military expertise being hindered by someone who had no military expertise. Unfortunately, that's part of the problem in America today. We've got generals in the Pentagon that have never really fought. That's the truth. They've never been to battle. So they got a lot of head knowledge. They got no experience. But with us, our sovereign has lots of experience. And every experience he's had has been victorious. And he's the one teaching us how to do this. He's not going to interfere. He's going to help us. And I'm telling you that when... Our sovereign steps in. There will be some interference, but not on our side. He's going to start interfering with the enemy. Read for me Romans 8 and verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, hallelujah. Saints, listen to me. I've got so, I've still got several scriptures. I don't have time to read them all, but just listen to me. If God be for us, if God be for us, and you know, I, I remember years ago, we were involved in Bible quizzing, and I, I always, when we would go to a quiz, 
If I was there, I made it a habit that we'd get our team up. They'd be up on the, the platform ready to start a quiz. And before the quiz ever started, I would go and I'd be on the, on the opposite side of the table from our quizzers and I'd say, all right, let's pray. And before the quiz ever started, I prayed with those quizzers every time, every time. And I finally had, I don't remember if it was a coach or a pastor that came to me and said, I don't know why you pray with those kids every time. So don't you think that the other side's praying for their team to win too? I said, I'm not praying for our kids to win the quiz. There's a lot of other things I'm praying for. I'm praying for God to give them peace. I'm praying for God to help them to remember things they've studied, for God to honor the effort that they've put into it. But I'm not asking God to help them win. Abraham Lincoln was asked one time, said, don't you think that, that the South is praying that God will help them win just like you're praying for God to help you win? He said, I'm not, it, it's not a matter of whether God's on my side or God's on their side. He said, the question is who's on his side? And whoever's on his side, they're going to win. What I'm saying to you today, church, is this. If we can find the favor of God, if God is for us, we'll win. If we find the favor of God, we'll win. Oh, hallelujah. It's noon. Let's stand. You're going to miss some really good scriptures here. Blame Brother Goff. We're more than conquerors. Right? Let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord.